Hi everyone and welcome back to Beena 007 Movie Reviews after a long hiatus. I'll be bringing you 10 minute movie reviews from the London Film Festival of all the big releases and some of the more art house movies. Today I'm starting off with a review of the big opening night gala film Suffragette which stars Carrie Mulligan who we all know and love from movies like Inside Lewin Davis and The Great Gatsby, as Maud Watts, who's a working-class washerwoman in 1900s London, who gets swept up in the movement of campaigning for women's right to vote. The movie also stars Helena Bonham Carter as Edith Allen, who's a woman who has against all odds trained as a pharmacist and who has a very supportive husband and who's also a suffragette and most famously I suppose has a cameo appearance from Meryl Streep as Emmeline Pankhurst, the leader of the movement. It's a wonderful movie about women by women. The director is Sarah Gavron who was last at the festival a long time ago with a movie Brick Lane and is written by Abby Morgan who also wrote the Meryl Streep um, Margaret Thatcher biopic The Iron Lady. So there's wonderful female talent all the way through this movie. I think it's absolutely fascinating that in approaching this important, vitally important subject, that the screenwriter hasn't gone for um, the big names in a way. Like she hasn't gone for a biopic of Emmeline Pankhurst and she hasn't focused on the movement for women's suffrage from the top. So we're not in the room of prime ministers and we're not in the campaign room where the, the suffragettes are deciding, okay, we've been peacefully campaigning for the right to vote for decades now. We're not getting anywhere. We're going to go militant. Because, of course, this is the, the key point in the movement where these uh, very elegantly dressed, um, respectable, law-abiding citizens decided that the only way they could make their voice heard was in a campaign of civil disobedience. So for those of us like me who did this in school, they would put uh, small packet bombs down t uh, Royal Mail post boxes, which was seen as striking at the heart of communications. They would snip telephone wires and they would put bricks through windows. And it got to a point where, of course, they were being arrested. And this was fascinating for a British public who had a, you know, maybe a rather naive domesticized picture of women to find these very powerful violent women what do you do with them and of course they end up in these awful prisons like Royal Holloway Victorian prisons being treated very badly force-fed because a lot of them went on hunger strike as a sort of silent protest something that happens to this day and this film does not shy away from just how grim horrific painful violent that was there's a scene where um our heroine, played by Carrie Mulligan, is force-fed and it feels like a violation. I don't think it's too strong to say that it feels like a rape. It's someone inserting something into you in this forced, violent way, invading your body. It's rightfully very distressing, I find. So we, we have really the story of this movement becoming militant from the ground up. You're seeing the foot soldiers, you're seeing the ordinary working class women who were inspired by Emmeline Pankhurst, who put their lives on the line for this movement and what I find fascinating about this film is that yes you're seeing the prison the incarceration the force feeding which I kind of like I think you learn about in school but what you don't learn about is the real personal cost 
at a time when we have to remember that women were their husband's property, when you married, your, your wealth became his property, where your children, your very offspring were his property. So that if your husband decides that you're basically an acute social embarrassment, um, he can take all that away from you. So that these women made huge, huge sacrifices. So the way in which the movie plays, I feel, is actually showing you relationships, not just between the women, where there is this wonderful camaraderie, but between husbands and wives again and again. And you can start sort of from the top of the social order down to the bottom. So we have Samuel West, who I think is one of our best stage actors, playing some sort of minor government minister or MP, and his wife, played by the amazing Romola Garay. And this movie is a shout-out for British actresses who I feel aren't as famous as they should be. If you haven't seen Romola Garay in a miniseries called The Hours, please, please, please check it out. It's a, a wonderful piece of uh, television. And that's really fascinating because she is you know, the upper class woman campaigning for suffrage, you know, trusting in the system, so giving evidence in front of Parliament. There's a very subtle scene where her husband bails her out and he's obviously acutely embarrassed by her. And she's begging him to bail out the other woman and, and says to him, but it's my money. And then you suddenly realise that his wealth, his status, his power has been driven by her inheritance, which was very common at that time. So this very sort of concise, compressed way of storytelling, which I find really fascinating. And then we have the relationship between Anne-Marie Duff's character, Violet Miller. So she is the militant who inspires our lead heroine. And her husband obviously is alcoholic, abusive, and just knocks her up all the time. So she's tired, giving birth to all these children. So totally unsupportive to the point of violence. And then somewhere in the middle, we have the relationship between Carrie Mulligan's character, Maud, and her husband, played by Ben Whishaw, who's, again, an amazing actor. Um, you'll probably recognise him as Q from the latest Bond movies. And I think what's really interesting here is that I, I think her husband is effectively a good man, um, but he's uncomprehending. He doesn't understand why his wife has to rock the boat. He is the kind of man who, he's a product of his circumstance. He expects as a right that she's going to give her unopened pay packet to him to put in her locked box. He doesn't see why anything has to change. And so when she starts becoming militant, he takes what seems to us incredibly callous action. But I think the subtlety and the nuance of the written character is that he's doing it for, for what in his worldview seem like the best of reasons. And actually, I have to give real um, praise to the screenwriter, Abby Morgan, because this is effectively a movie about women, but the, the, the male characters don't get much screen time, but they're, they're very subtle and well portrayed. And I think no one more so, actually, than, than Hugh Ellen, who's the, the husband of the Helena Bonham Carter character, who is very supportive of her suffrage struggle, but, but doesn't want her to compromise her health. So again, these very well-rounded 3D characters. Um, if there's any criticism of the film, I think that for those of us who know our history, where we meet a character called Emily Davison, played again, Natalie Press. Why is Natalie Press not more famous? One of our finest actresses. Um, we know where that story is going, especially as, as she and Carrie Mulligan head up to the Epsom Derby. I guess, given the actions that she takes, I might have wanted a little bit more time with her to understand a little bit her motivation. And I also think on the part of the director and screenwriter, they've chosen to portray the motivation of that event as very clear cut, 
when I think historians have debated this for decades. That said, you know, this is cinema. It's cinema that has a duty to itself as an art form to make a powerful, compelling, emotive piece of film. And it certainly is that. Yeah, it, it comes across as a little more cut and dried than, than maybe it needs to be. I suppose the other piece of criticism, if you wanted to make it, is that Meryl Streep, while very fine, playing Emmeline Pankhurst at a pivotal scene at the, the heart of the movie, it does feel a little bit like stunt casting. It feels a little bit like this is a tough movie to get made and it will help if you have a multiple Oscar-winning actress at the heart of it to help do the PR. I don't want to denigrate the movie. It's very well made. It's very engaging. But... Yeah, it just felt a little bit like, okay, we can see what's going on here. Still, I'm not going to criticise because there aren't many movies out there for women, about women. And I love that while this film could have become a sort of hectoring, earnest piece of agitprop, actually, it's a, it's a far more subtle, far more beautiful relationship film. And the men in smaller roles do have nuanced parts to play. So kudos to all involved. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And... Um, it's it's great to see Sarah Gavron back as a director on our screens. But if you agree or disagree with my take on this film, please feel free to leave a message at the blog beena007.com. Otherwise, thank you for listening. What gave you the right to stand in the middle of a riot and watch women beaten and do nothing? You're an hypocrite. I abhor the law. The law means nothing to me. I've had no say in making the law. That's an excuse. It's all we have. We break windows. We burn things. Because war's the only language men listen to. Because you've beaten us and betrayed us and there's nothing else left. And there's nothing left but to stop you. What are you going to do? Lock us all up? We're in every home. We're half the human race. You can't stop us all. Suffragette has a running time of 106 minutes and is rated PG-13. The movie opened the London Film Festival and has also played the Telluride Film Festival. It will play the Hamptons Film Festival. It opens in the UK on October 12th, in Ireland on October 16th, the United States on October 23rd, Poland on November 6th, Portugal on November 6th, France November 18th, Hungary November 26th, Spain November 27th, Netherlands December 3rd, Greece December 24th, January 15th for Sweden and Turkey, and finally Germany on February 4th. Thank you for listening.